Welcome to Passion Life Church. So glad you're in church. Great way to start the new year. And this morning we're calling this Vision Sunday. And I want to encourage you next week. Everybody say next week. Next week, we start this brand new series called Getting Your Life Back, and it's a series about restoration. Restoration is not just a cool word that we came up with. Restoration is actually a promise of God that few people really know about, but what we're going to do is we're going to dive into it so you can believe for it and understand it. And how many of you think and believe that there are some things that God can restore in your life? Let me see your hands. Relationships, finances. So I want to see you here next week and uh, invite some people. I just want to say a big hello real quick uh, to my friend Patrick. Uh, Patrick, if you just stand up real quick. Uh, Patrick is from El Paso, Texas. Uh, give him a good round of applause. And... Uh, an incredible, incredible guy. He is over, I don't know, are you over those dealerships? He's over 16 car dealerships, all right, in El Paso. And he's got 17 kids? Six kids. All right, all right. I was a little off by 10. He's got six kids. And uh, it's funny because I was just on Instagram yesterday and he posted, hey, um, my son's in Marietta. And I texted him. I was like, hey, you're in Marietta? He's like, yeah, I knew you were in SoCal, but I didn't know you were in Marietta. He's like, yeah, my son has a drum uh, audition for a national spot in, in this drum line. And he's like, and it's at this school called Vista Marietta High School. I'm like, no way. Like, that's where we're at. And so he's here. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, he is an incredible guy. And he's also involved in all of the Christmas productions at the church. And, you know, when he told me that he's over 17 dealerships, six kids, and is a major player in the music ministry at the church, my church family, we have no excuse. Come on, somebody. Six kids. And you, you got two and you're busy. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. And so uh, he's doing a phenomenal job. And he actually has uh, some of his family in different. One of his sons is actually in Ohio auditioning for something else. And, and just an incredible family, a great guy. And Patrick, thanks for being here today. Love you. And uh, so I wanted to talk about Vision Sunday. And uh, I wonder if you've ever thought about what you would look like in the future. Well, here you are. This is how you look. There's no punchline to that. That's actually the... This is 2020, and this is how it is, and here we are, right? And uh, I want to just talk about and dive into God's Word, and, and we're going to talk about why vision is so important for our life. It's, we're going to talk about why it's so important for our church. I think it's, it's so important. And then what I want to do just in the last moments that we have, I want to talk about some initiatives that we just believe that God wants to do in our church and in our life. You know, um, a vision that God gives you is actually a preview for your destiny. We went to go see Star Wars this last week, and um, it had 45 minutes of previews. Come on, somebody. That's a lot of previews. But I don't go to the movies unless I can see the previews because I want to see what's coming up. And that's what God does in our lives is what he does is he gives you enough to get excited and inspired, and he gives you a preview of what's coming in 2020. And uh, it's so you can look and have a picture. But I want to just kind of define when I talk about vision, there's a difference 
between just having plain sight, seeing reality, and then also having a vision of eternity in your 2020. You know, Helen Keller was the first deaf blind person and blind person to earn a bachelor's degree. And here's what she said. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. And most people, I would say, even including us as Christians, live in the world of sight. And I will tell you this, when you live in just the world of sight, really, you just stare at reality. You see problems. And this is why a lot of people are depressed. They're not looking further than reality into something that is much greater. They're just looking at the circumstance. And that's not how God meant for us to live. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there's no vision, people perish. You know, the word perish in Hebrew means this, lost, to wander. People who don't have vision. Now, there's a lot of people who have sight, but when you don't have vision, you'll get lost. You'll come to the end of 2020 and go, like, yeah, what, like, what, what happened? I don't like to be lost. The other day we were driving and I love to use my GPS. Sometimes it's a little off, but it's okay. But um, we were going somewhere. My wife's like, I was going to type it in the GPS. She goes, no, I know, I know, I know where it's at. Okay, hon. All right. So we start to head out. Guess what? We got lost. You know what I don't like about getting lost? For me, I feel like I'm wasting my time. I feel like I'm in a place that's unknown and I feel like I'm not getting to my destination. And what the writer of Proverbs is saying is that people that lack vision, a revelation from God can wander and they waste time. And here's what I love about God. Since Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there's no vision, people perish. Any area of your life that doesn't have a vision is subject to perishing. Now, here's what I love about God. God will give you what you need so you don't perish. How many of you know God doesn't want us to perish? Come on, let me see. How many of you know that? So here's what he's going to do. He's not going to say, oh, I'm going to withhold vision from you. I want to see you perish. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to give you the vision that you need. You know why? So you don't perish. The Bible says, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So God is not playing this game of hide and seek where like, God, I want a vision for 2020. And he's like, uh-uh, you're gonna perish. You're gonna, that's not what God does. And I say that because I think that's how people think in their mind. So when we seek God and say, and maybe you've already started doing this, but it's imperative that we do. And we say, God, what is the vision that you have for my life? Because any area of our lives that don't have vision is subject to per perishing. We need a vision for our finances. You know why marriages are not doing well today? Because they don't have a vision. Or they have two visions. Husband has one vision, the wife has another vision. When you have two vision, guess what you have? Division. And so you have division because, and not that both of them are wrong, they just can't come together. And so what happens is people getting married, people even before they're getting married, jumping in bed with each other. And that's maybe all they had was a vision of sleeping together. And then after when they wake up and then all the emotions are there, we're like, oh, I thought that was love. And they're like, love, we call that a one night stand. That ain't love. And there's two, come on somebody. There's two different visions, two different visions. But here's what I want. I want to have a vision for my marriage. I want to have a vision for my family. Listen, 
I love what Proverbs 29, 18 says in 18, in verse, in the New King James Version. It says this, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. My church family, I hope you have resolutions. Resolutions are good, but revelation is better. Let me say that again. Resolutions are good. I hope you have goals. But when God gives you and shows you previews of your destiny, revelation is a lot better than resolutions. Can I hear a better amen than that today? Look at, I like to look at this verse in different translations. Proverbs 29, 18 in the Passion Translation. It says, where there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. So going back to having a vision for my family, you wanna know why some kids and some families are all over the place? Oh, Pastor Phil, he's just two. And here as a Christian, we call them terrific twos, right? Because we watch our confession, not terrible twos, terrific twos. But can I just, can I just encourage you that maybe the reason why your kids are wandering is because they have no vision and you are the leader as the parent and you are to provide the vision for your family. I thought I'd get at least one amen on that, but I won't. What is the vision for your family? What is the vision for your health this year? Any area that doesn't have a vision is subject to perishing. What is the vision for your business? Because see, I believe God can show you in advance things that are to come. Because last week we learned he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And God declares the end from the beginning. So God can actually show you the end in the beginning of 2000, of 2020. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? I feel like you want to clap there, yeah, so go ahead, you can clap. Look at this in another translation. The New Life Version says this, Proverbs 29, 11, where there's no understanding of the word, the people do whatever they want to. But happy is he who keeps the law. Look in the message translation. It says this, same verse, Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing. Now, this isn't just plain sight. This is a person who has vision, has revelation. If people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So watch, you can have resolutions and I hope you do. And you can have a good 2020. Or you can have a revelation and have a vision and have a most blessed 2020. And here's the great thing. We get to choose what we want. I want to live in the most blessed. I don't want to live in the good life. I want to live in the best abundant life that Jesus came to give me in John 10, 10. He said, I have come to give you life and life more. Okay. No, not life more. Okay. Not more of the same. He says, I've come to give you life and life more. What? Abundantly. I want to live in that if it's available. So let's talk about, here's what vision does. And let me just give you four things. And I'll talk about some things that we're believing about. Here's number one. When you have a vision, vision provides you with heaven's view. Now, a lot of people don't necessarily struggle with their view of God. They struggle with their view of themselves. How you see yourself is so important. You have to have a heaven's view of you. People who have a heaven's view of themselves are not insecure people. 
I'm just so insecure. Listen, if you're so insecure, listen, it's because you do not have a heaven's view. You have a sight view of yourself. And if you live with just a plain sight view of yourself, you're going to look in the mirror and go, oh, man, man, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. But if you will have a heaven's view of yourself, you will see a more than a conqueror. You will see a mighty warrior. Come on. You will see a daughter of God. You will see a son of the most high God. You will not see a wimpy person. You will see a winner because you have to look through the eyes of faith. You have to look through the eyes of vision because here's what vision does. Vision focuses on God's promises, not problems. It doesn't take any type of spiritual gift to point out problems. Well, I just didn't like that they did that light that way. And I came in and you know what? This person didn't say hi to me. Hey, listen, it does not take any type of spiritual discernment to point out problems. And let me tell you how you know when someone doesn't have a vision. When someone doesn't have a vision, all they talk about is problems. They do not talk about the promise of God because all they talk about is problems. It's a number one indicator to me when I'm talking with people and all they talk about is problems. They have no vision because they're not seeing promise. They're just talking about problems. And I would say today, if all you see is problems, today's a great day to come to church because God wants you to give you a vision for more than just problems, but to see his promise through the problem so you can see God's view of heaven for your life. And that's a good view. And that's what I think people in the Bible made them such influencers. The people who had vision. My church family, if you're a parent, you need to see that little booger. I mean, that little blessing. You need to see them in God's view. What does God have? I think about that. I'm responsible I'm responsible for cultivating the gifts and the purpose that are in my son's life. But if you just see your kids through sight, you're going to be, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, we need to go to the therapist. And I'm not against therapy, but I'm just saying, but you know what? Watch this. Remember David in the Bible, David who killed Goliath. It was time for a new king, a new king of Israel. And so Samuel, the prophet walks up and he tells Jesse, bring up all your sons. And so he brings up all the sons. You know what? He didn't even consider David. David was uninvited, my church family. And you know what? The prophet Samuel, who hears from God, he almost, he almost gets tempted to start picking because he starts looking at their height and how handsome they are. He's looking with plain sight. And God reminds him. And I want to remind you today. God told Samuel, I don't see things the way you see things. Man looks at the outward appearance. Now, ladies, that's a good scripture for you because us men, we do look at the outward appearance. Just saying. So let's move on. Okay. But God looks at my heart. I just wish he'd see my heart. I'm sorry, but the Bible says we look at the outward appearance because we're men. And all the men said, okay, I don't know where they're at, but I married her for her heart. No, you didn't. You married her for her butt. All right. So let's move on. That's for the relationship series in February. Sorry, got a little bit out there. Now all the men are smiling, but they looked at their wife first. And like, <laughs> it's like my wife, she gets ready in the morning. I see her and she's walking out. And man, there's days, I mean, I don't know. There's just like, I don't know if the lighting is right. or I mean, she's beautiful, but I look at her and I'm like, I go, she's like, oh, stop that. Stop it, Phil. 
And so I'm just like, and then she turns around, she goes, do it again. So do it again. But Samuel looks at all of these men and says, this could be the one He's tall. He's got muscles. And he says, God says, you're looking through sight. He says, because I don't see things the way man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at something much deeper. Is there someone else? Listen, listen. David's own father saw a shepherd boy. God saw a king. And as a parent, I don't want to just see a shepherd kid. I don't want to just see a little kid when God sees kings. And so you know what happens? Is that Samuel says, is there another boy? And David walks up and Samuel anoints David. Why? Because out of everybody there, Samuel saw with a vision the next king of Israel when his own father saw only a shepherd boy. I don't want to live in just plain sight. I want to live with vision. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, about the prophet Elisha. And it says that he was surrounded, surrounded by the enemy. And his servant was freaking out. He's like, Elisha, we're going to die, man. We're going to die. And I love this because Elisha prays this prayer. And this is my prayer for us, my church family. This is my prayer for us in 2020. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. Elisha prays this. He says, then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full full of horses and chariots with fire of angels. When the servant's eyes were open to vision, not just sight, sight, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people around us, but you know what? There's only me and Elisha. But when his eyes were open to vision, guess what he saw? He saw angels all around him in chariots. And this is what he figured out. There are more with us than there are against us. Come on, somebody. And I want to tell you that today. There are more that are for you than that are against you. Let me try this side over here. There are more that are for you that are against you. But I want to see through vision. I think about Mary and Joseph holding their baby and somebody walking down and go, that's just such a cute baby. Gosh, look at his cheeks. I just want to kiss his cheeks. And Some of you that just had babies, I see you in the, in the, in the lobby and you're like holding on. You're like, don't touch my baby. Go wash your hands. Don't touch my baby. But people walk, that's such a cute baby. With sight, you just see a baby. But Mary and Joseph, through the eyes of vision, like Mary, did you know, says in a song, when she kissed that baby, she knew she was kissing the face of God. So you can look at the world through sight, or you can have a vision. And vision will give you heaven's view. That's what I want. Is this good this morning? Number two, vision has pulling power that actually pushes you through. Let me say that again. Vision has a drawing, a pulling power that actually pushes you through. Vision is always drawing you. When you have a vision, it's always pulling on you. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible talks about she, 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 she was hemorrhaging, the, the word is used, for 12 years. She went to doctors, right? She paid her deductibles, and she still, still, the Bible says she actually grew worse after 12 years. But then she heard 
something about Jesus. So she didn't hear that Jesus was the judge, right, and came to judge her. She actually, what she heard inspired faith. She must have heard that Jesus was the healer. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So somehow she heard that Jesus was, was a healer and she saw him in a crowd of people. One translation I was reading said the crowd was so thronged that they were actually elbow to elbow. Their elbows were in each other's ribs. They were thronged together. But my church family, this woman had a vision of healing. Can you see yourself healed? Can you see yourself whole? Can you see yourself out of debt? Come on, single people. Can you see yourself married? For those of you that right now are maybe trying to have kids, can you see your kids playing in the living room even though you don't have the kids? Because she saw Jesus, and this is what she said, because vision will actually change the way you talk. Remember I said people are talking about problems all the time? This is what she said to herself. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And watch this. So this vision of her being whole is pushing, is pulling her, pulling her. And as it's pulling her, she's pushing through the crowd. So she's getting pulled and pushed. See, when you have a vision that's pulling you, it'll push you through anything. And she says, I want to see Jesus. I want to touch the hem of his garden. She kept saying it. I think the Amplified says that she kept saying to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. As she's pushing people away. And as she's pushing people away, she touches the hem of Jesus's garment. And the Bible says immediately, instantly, she becomes not just healed, she becomes totally whole. Come on, somebody. That is a miracle. Can I just add this just real quick? This is interesting about this miracle because she actually initiated her own miracle. What's interesting to me about this miracle is Jairus, Jesus was on his way to do another miracle that even seemed would be more miraculous because the girl was sick, but she actually died. Jairus called unto Jesus and was waiting for him. And this is how most miracles can happen. And listen, I'm not dogging it, but he had a word that Jesus was coming and he was waiting on that word. He got a miracle. But this woman just inspires me because you know what she did? Even though Jesus was going to do a miracle for somebody else, she actually initiated her own miracle and said, I'm going to break through this crowd because, excuse me, because I need a miracle. And I just wonder if there's any people in 2020 that are saying, I need to initiate a miracle and I'm going to move forward even if other people are just going to wait. Well, I'm just going to wait on the word of the Lord. That's good. But you know what? I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep giving. Come on, somebody, because I'm going to initiate. I want to initiate. But a vision has pulling power that pushes you through. And listen, it'll, pull, it'll push you through any distractions, any distractions that you might have. And it'll change the way you talk. Here's number three. Are you glad you came to church today? A vision is the precinct to your purpose. A precinct, every city has boundaries. Every city has a city line that is drawn. And I love it. I, I tell people all the time, I just wish they'd just call this whole area something. Like, because we have Wildemar, you know, and then they have a city line. Then we got Marietta, and then we got Temecula, and now Menifee is like 90,000 people. Temecula is about 113,000. Marietta is about 113,000. Marietta is growing. I mean, Menifee is growing and booming, and God's doing something in the area. But every city has a boundary. And here's what a vision will do. 
They call it tunnel vision. Vision will actually give you a boundary. I love what, what uh, uh, Patrick said. Actually, Patrick, I'm gonna put you on the spot here because you're here. C- come on up here real quick. Come on, give him a good round of applause. He said something to me today and I, I just thought, you can, you can get up on the stairs there. Um, he, this guy always inspires me. I, 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 just, I just love him. Uh, you can either hop up there or just come up the stairs. I was telling him about the message this morning and he was talking about being focused and just remind them again real quick about what you were saying about your kids, all that stuff, and the vision that you guys have and how you get it done. Well, I was telling Pastor Phil that it sounds kind of cliche, right? That you know, if you focus on Jesus, everything else kind of happens. Everybody in church always says that, right? But it's true. The way I look at it is you as well as tithing your finances, you tithe your time. So I'm very involved in a Bell Living Faith Center. I'm one of the music directors. I play piano. We have two campuses, four services on a Saturday and a Sunday. But yet I still have time to manage 16 car dealerships, my wife and my six children and their activities and their soccer games and everything else in that. So what I do is I cast my vision straight forward to what Jesus wants me to do. And everything else just kind of happens. Like, you know, you just light yourself in the Lord and you get the desires of your heart. Well, that's true. So when things come on the side of me, on this side and this side to pull me away from the vision, I'm so focused and I got everything going on with Jesus that instead of them trying to pull me, I pull them with me. So that's how, that's how the Lord taught me to operate in my time because when I honor him with my time, tithing my time, you know, I get everything else in return. My kids are blessed, I'm blessed, my family's blessed, and we just keep on moving forward. Come here. But you said something about when somebody asked you, but, but aren't you tired? What did you say? I'm always tired. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm tired sometimes, but not like spiritually tired. I actually have more energy. I'm able to do more things. Um, you know, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I go to sleep at, you know, 11, 1030 every day. He texted me last night. I didn't get it till this morning. I was already asleep. <laughs> but, you know, it's like spiritually, I'm supercharged. And that translates to, like, when you're tired, you're not really tired. You, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just if you experience that and if you just go forward with what God's vision is for you and go forward with that, you're going to see a whole other thing that you probably never will imagine before. Thanks, Patrick. Man, thank you. I love you, man. You inspire me. He, he's over 17 car dealerships. I own one car. So that's just telling you what, where I'm at on that. My church family, if you have a vision, because vision is the precinct of your purpose, vision is what puts the lines, the lane in front of you. I have about five things this year we're going to do, me personally, and that's it. There will always be people that are going to try to pull you. Always. Drama, guess what? Drama didn't stop in 2019. Problems didn't stop in 2019. And drama will always try to pull you out of your lane. But if you have that vision, that vision is going to be the precinct, the boundaries. Now, when we say boundaries, some people are like, I ain't going to have no, I'm going to be limitless and I'm going to have no boundaries. Well, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28 says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and without walls. This other translation says it this way, Proverbs 25, 28, losing self-control leaves you as helpless as a city without walls. 
In my church family, you actually do more by doing less. Because a light that is broad like that is lighting me up. But when that light gets focused, real focus, it can become a laser and it can begin to cut stuff and make headway that are broad. And for some of us, we've got so many things in our life. And I want to encourage you to start putting some boundaries. What are the five things, six things? You can't do 20 things. Well, it's 2020. I'm going to do 20. No, 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 no. You're, no, you're not. You can do about five things well. And for me, one of those things, the first thing is always the eternal first. I want to be driven by eternity, not by drama. I want to be driven by eternity, not by reality. Because that's what's going to prevail. And I want to ask you today, what is your vision? And if you don't have it, say, this week, I want to focus. I want to get some time and say, God, where do you want me this year? Because without a vision... It's like, how many of you lock your doors like, and check your doors before you go to sleep at night? Let me see your hands. The Bible is saying a person without vision is like a person that goes to sleep, leaves their windows open and their doors unlocked. And you know what? Their house gets broken into, things are stolen from them, and it was all because they didn't put up the appropriate boundaries that they need for the vision that they have. And here's what vision will do. It will separate the good from the best in your life. I'm not satisfied with good. I want what's best. And when you put up those boundaries, they're like guardrails to say, I'm going that way. This is what I'm doing. It'll keep me focused on the right direction. Let me just tell you this. I'm the person, even when we're on vacation, that's like, I want to know what the plan is. What's the vision for this? All right, we're just going to hang today in our PJs. Great. I want to know that. Let me tell you why. I only have so much energy and I have energy for certain things and I need to know where I need to put my energy. Does that make sense today? And so what I do is when I have a plan for the vision and the steps, here's what happens. It narrows me so I can put, mo I need to put my energy there. I need to put my energy into my son today. I need to put my, but my energy is just not a blanket like that. No, no, no. I'm going to put it into certain, here's what the, the, the guardrails do. It allows you to focus that energy to the vision that God has. Am I helping anybody today? Here's number four, a vision that God gives you always has an appointed time. And here lies the challenge because God will inspire you, right? I saw some of the previews for some of the movies and they're like coming out next year, but they wanna get you excited about it. But what we do a lot of times, like we want it now. You know, I want it now. And Habakkuk chapter two, verse three says this, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Everybody say an appointed time. But it shall not but at the end, it shall speak and not lie. And though it tarry, wait for it because it shall surely come and not tarry, right? Now watch this. Just because it's not now doesn't mean it's no. It just means not right now. And we have a, a microwave mentality, but we serve a crock pot God. He likes to stir things up. And let me tell you, here's what we need to know. We sang it today over and over again. While you don't see it, he's working. If you don't see the fulfillment of the vision yet, watch this, God is working. So while I wait, here's what we need to know. He's working. What is he working on? Sometimes when you see the vision, and it actually should scare you a little bit. It, you, when you look at that, you go, I can't do that by myself. Right. If you can't do it by yourself, then it's God's vision. But if you can accomplish the vision by yourself, it's your vision. So there should be something scary about it. It goes, whoa, this is way bigger 
than me, right? So watch this. But here's what God does. He points out the vision and then what he does is he starts to work on you to grow you. How does he grow you? Get rid of that negative attitude. Come on, work on your character and get you ready so when you step into that vision, you are ready for the appointed time that God has for your life. Come on, but let's let him work. Let's let him work. Let's let him work on, on us, right? He wants to work in us so he can work some things out of us. In my church family, we all need to grow. We all need to change. Let's let God work. A vision that God gives us is meant to be accomplished and God will bring it to pass. He's not teasing you today. Can I just ask you, did you receive that this day, today? Did you, did you receive that today? Now I wanna share with you just a couple things about what we're believing for in next, this next year. When you leave today, we have these and we'll have these throughout the year. We gave these to all of our dream team members at our Christmas party and, uh, and uh, we'd love for you to have it. And all this is, and the reason why we did this is just to give you vision. I actually, we buy a five by seven little frame and we just put this in front. I had a, a lady in the church tell me, she says, Pastor Phil, you know, I'm, we're working on things and marriage stuff. And, and she says, I have postcards, note cards, and I'm writing scriptures on them and quotes, and I'm putting them in different parts of my house. So everywhere I go, I can look. Ladies and gentlemen, that's vision. She says, I have quotes from different people. She has quotes. She goes, I have quotes from you. I was like, from me? Oh, I'm so blessed. How many quotes from me do you have? Anyway, and so here's what we want to do is we want to give this to you. And on the back, it's, it has what I'm about to say, but we want you to keep this before your eyes because here's what we're believing at Passion Life Church, that this is going to be 2020, a year of wonder. Listen, a year that you are going to experience wonderful, wonderful. Where do you get that, Pastor Phil? Isaiah chapter nine, verse six says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. Now watch this. You say, Pastor Phil, that's a Christmas. That, that's the Christmas verse. That's how we think about it. Christmas is over. That promise is only for Christmas. That's not true. His name will be called wonderful. Wonderful means miracle. In the Hebrew, it means the miraculous. My church family, miracles are a part of our Christian heritage. Can I hear a good amen today? And so when we talk about living wonderful, we're talking about you going through, and here's number one, expecting wonder. Not just during Christmas, but we're gonna go through our lives expecting wonderful things to happen, wonderful connections, wonderful business partners. Come on, that things like never before are gonna come together, right? We're gonna see miracles happen, right, in 2020. Anybody believe that? And so here's how we do it. The Bible says that we're supposed to have like a childlike expectancy and dependency in 2020. This is the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 18, verse three, Jesus called a little one to his side and said, learn from him. So the disciples were asking, who's greater? Who's the greatest? And he pulled a little kid and he said to them, learn as well, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about 
heaven's kingdom's realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, the Passion Translation says, you will never enter into the kingdom of God. So he's not asking us to be childish. He's asking us to be childlike with an awe and wonder. I never want to lose the awe and wonder of God. And so this year, here's a vision. Number one, let's expect wonder. Can I hear a good amen today? You know, I went to the movies this week with somebody, and uh, I'm just, I just expect wonder. They paid for the movie for me and my son. That's great. You know what? I'm expecting more. I'm expecting that God is going to bless us and bless you. Here's number two, because life will get tough, and when it does, we need to remember the wonder. Remember the wonder. How many of you, God has been faithful in 2019? Let me see your hand. He's been faithful. Come on, look around. Keep it up. He's been faithful. He's a faithful God. So here's what happens when the challenges, and they're going to come. When they come, here's what we're going to do. We're not only going to expect wonder, we are going to actually remember the wonder. First Chronicles 16, 12. Remember the wonders he's done. And this is on the back of this card. So you can actually take two cards if you want. Get a five by seven frame, put this one. And then I saw it on somebody's refrigerator the other day when we, when we went to go and, uh, and, and chat with them. And they had this on the refrigerator. Expect the wonder, remember the wonder. And here's the last part I wanna focus on today. Is it's not just say, Lord, bless me, but it's actually this. We need to be a wonder for somebody else. We need to be a wonder. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says this, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. Signs will follow them. Signs in the Greek means wonders. I love how the contemporary English version says it. It says, everyone who believes in me will be able to do wonderful things. This is what it happens. It moves me from just bless me to now I'm going to be a blessing to somebody else. I want to be and can be the answer to somebody else's prayer. I can be. I want to be a wonder. The Bible says that Jesus moved with compassion. People who are going to be a wonder have to be moving people, right? We need a church that's going to reach the city of Marietta and the surrounding cities. Can I hear a good amen? Right? So we've got to move from just God bless me, my needs, what I'm going through, to start focusing on what other people are going through. Here's what I found. When you focus on what other people are going through, a lot of times it's way worse than what you're going through. And when you help somebody else, the Bible says you become refreshed. When you make something happen for somebody else, it happens for you. Can I hear a good amen? I want to end with this and then I want to talk about a couple of initiatives. I was reading a story about the Titanic, and it's about 100 years since it happened. And uh, it's a really incredible tragedy what happened that day. But my church family, do you know that out of all the lifeboats that came to shore, half of them were full? And they were half full because they said the people in the lifeboats didn't want to make room for the people who were drowning because they were so afraid for their own lives that they wouldn't help somebody who was going through hypothermia. And I thought, wow, I don't want to be the type of church that we won't scoot over and make room in our lifeboats with this great salvation that we have. And there are people on our block, our neighbors who are drowning 
but our goal is comfort. And I'm going to tell you this today, and it's Vision Sunday, so I'm going to say it. We, as the body of Christ, a lot of people, their goal is just survival for themselves. It's my need. I'm hurt. I'm this. I'm that. And here's what happens. We've got to move from a me church to a we church. Here, here's, here's where we are in Christianity. I hear it from my friends. I see it all the time. I'm going to pick a service that fits my needs. And I'm going to see what kind of kids programs they have because, you know, you know, little Henry, he acts horrible, but he's, he's really from heaven. We know that. And, and we are going to pick a, a service that is for my needs. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Are you willing to attend a church to maybe help your neighbor? Are you willing to attend a different service time if your neighbor can make it? Or is this all about you and your needs? Are you a me church or a we church? What really inspired me about the Titanic was this man by the name of John Harper. You'll see his picture up there. He was a pastor on the Titanic. It was kind of crazy because he had his daughter there and he was a widow because his wife had died. He was on his way actually to take over a church. And on the Titanic, as it went down, people told the story because about four years later in Canada, they had a reunion of all the survivors and they had people telling the story of this pastor, John Harper. And what was crazy about him is that he put his sister and he put his daughter on a lifeboat and then he had a life jacket on and he was seen on the bow of the ship taking off his life jacket and asking people, do you know Jesus? And the person said, I don't know Jesus. He says, well, you're going to need this life jacket more than I do. And he gave away his life jacket. And it was said that when he fell into the water, he grabbed a piece of debris from the ship. And as he was floating on a piece of debris, he was swimming to people asking them, do you know Jesus? Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? This guy is dying from hypothermia and he's asking people if they know Jesus because they are about to meet him. Amen. And it was said, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. And when people reunited four years later, people started to hold up their hand and said, I'm a convert of John. He spoke to me and I gave my life to Jesus while he was drowning and gave his life so other people could live. I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like Jesus to me. And here's what I'm saying. I'm not in any way referring to us drowning, or, but what I am saying is so much of us and Christianity today has come to, I'm sitting in a lifeboat and I'm just waiting to go to heaven. And my church family, I don't want to get to heaven without thousands of people behind me. I want to get to heaven with people behind me, people that I'm taking there. And I'm just telling you, there's people at your work. There's people on your block that need Jesus. And guess what? You've got the answer. You've got the answer. It's time that we expect wonder. And as we are blessed, we be a wonder to other people. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to see some shift in our church because there are people that I believe that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I hear a good amen? And so with that, just give me a couple more minutes 
And let me just tell you about some things that we're gonna do. First thing that we're doing is we're gonna be launching what we're calling the Passion Project. The Passion Project is going to be an outreach ministry and we don't know all that that would look like. You know, we haven't had a lot of outreach and I'm gonna tell you why. You have to have inreach before you have outreach. You have to have a foundation before you just go out. And I feel like our church is poised and ready for this next season with the leadership that we have here. We have some incredible leaders, but we can do a better job of reaching people. And let me tell you what that might look like and what we're believing for. On Thanksgiving, we can provide meals for people who don't have meals. On Christmas, we can provide toys for people who don't have toys. Can you give up some of your blessing so we can help? Because we can preach Jesus all day, but not give them something that they need. But here's what I found, when we love them and give them what they need, they wanna know why we're different. So we're launching the Passion Project. And Dan and Chandra, Dan, would you stand real quick? Dan and his wife are overseeing that. Would you give them a, a good round of applause? So um, next week, they're gonna have a table out there. Would love for you to come. Maybe you wanna start and be involved in that. They're actually starting to go out once a month into Lake Elsinore and, and doing some things. We're gonna start small, right? The Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings. Now I will tell you this, this is why we're sharing vision today because maybe you have some resources that we could use. Maybe you know of some things. We're good with partnering with other people and networking. Listen, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here at Passion Life Church. We wanna get involved. And so talk with Dan and Sandra. Here's number two. We didn't have a Christmas Eve service this year. And we will in 2020 have a Christmas Eve service here at Passion Life Church. We missed an incredible opportunity this year. And I'm gonna tell you why. We just, our team wasn't ready. But we will be ready for people in 2020. And if that means one Christmas Eve, and I know you're all clapping, but wait till I ask you to help. Let's see if you're still clapping. I know I've done this before. But if we have to do one or two, why is that? Why is Christmas Eve so important? Because people are desperately looking for help, especially during Christmas. And it's a great time for the gospel. Number three, we're gonna start what we're calling a plan your visit. It'll be on our website. And that's where people that are looking, people come all the time. We're, we're really highly rated on Google. We appreciate those of you who, uh, we have one lady in the church that's a Yelper. I mean, like a real Yelper. She actually went back and, redid her review and said, I'm still at this church. They're still growing. It's still thriving. And I, you know what? People read that something that simple and people show up. And so what we're going to do with plan your visit is they can go to our website and say, I'm going to visit on this Sunday. We're going to, it'll ask for information. And when they pull up, we'll have people there. It's almost like we're, we're going to provide free friends. Come on, somebody. When they walk in, they'll have a host that will actually walk them to wherever they need maybe even sit with them. And maybe as I'm speaking right now, you're like, I could do that. Yeah, God could use you to do that and it would be awesome. And you know what? Maybe you would connect with those people. And so we're gonna start a plan your visit. I want you to hear this next one. Here's number four. Our church is growing. Do you know that when we did this survey, and I wanna encourage you, if you weren't here last week, we did a survey. Um, and you can pick this up at the Welcome Center. We want, this is your chance to, to fill this out. You don't have to put your name on it and turn it in the Welcome Center. I want to tell you, last week I read these surveys and I was so encouraged by what people said about your heart to reach people. Now let me tell you, one of the things that we, over the top, Pastor Phil, what do we do well? 
this church is probably one of the friendliest churches I've ever been to, welcoming churches. I feel like, I, man, that is incredible. And listen, I'm not here to pat us on the back. I'm here to light you on fire today. But I will tell you this, God is love. And when people experience love, they experience God. And so plan your visit is going to do that. But here's what I want you to know. And please fill this out and turn it in. Don't put your name on it. Our church is growing. And one of the things we asked on this, you may look around and go, well, you know, today is, yeah. But it's what we don't see that limits us. We look in this auditorium, I'm glad you're here. But in kids' life, sometimes there's over 50 people in that room by themselves, adults and kids. The kids' life is thriving over there. This isn't all, somebody came up to me one time and said, yeah, the auditorium looks a little thin. And I apologize, Pastor Phil, because I, I was shocked. I went back into kids' life and there's like tons of stuff going on and there's real people, not just little kids, like real people back there that we count and it's growing and thriving. And so one of the things that you said on the survey, because we asked how many times you attend, everybody's almost like every week that I can. And some of you, some people aren't here today, not because they don't want to be, but because they work. And so the seats that we don't see doesn't mean that they're not part of our church. There's a couple of people even that I know today that are out of town. But let me just say this. Some of you on here put, I'd, I'd attend every other week because I'm working. So our church is growing. So as we build this and continue to build leaders, here's what I'm going to tell you. We believe in 2020, we're going to launch another service. So we're going to go to, at some point, two services. Why, Pastor Phil? Why don't we just fill this and just have like a 1030-ish like service? Because another service gives us another opportunity to reach people. And I have friends and pastors, I seek counsel. And I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of people that will come to a nine o'clock service that won't come to an 11 o'clock service. There's a lot of young people and young couples that won't come to a nine o'clock service, but they will come to an 11 o'clock service. They'll wake up at 1050-ish and get their hair done and come on and grab their kids over here. And so here's what I want you to pray with us today is as we build teams, I'm not giving you a date. I'm not giving you times. I'm just saying, and I'm speaking vision over our church. This may happen at least for Easter. Easter is one of our biggest, there are families in this room today, you came on Easter because we did a, a um, Easter egg hunt. Now listen, so we may on Easter do two services, a nine o'clock egg hunt, 11 o'clock egg hunt. Man, that's a lot of work. Yeah. You know why? Because we need to reach people. And so we're going to provide more opportunities for us to come. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to commit to being, I'm asking you to pray. Would you do that? For us, all right. What does that mean for our teams? We're gonna grow teams. We're gonna continue to do that. Can I hear a good amen? amen? Just a couple more. We need to update a lot of our signage and different things like that. So we are gonna take up a Heart for the House offering and that'll be February 9th. And this is above our tithes and our offerings. Listen, I want you to pray about what God can do. Our signs, some of these things are six years old. Why does that matter? It doesn't matter to me. Listen, I don't need a sign to come to church. I know we're here. But we have to start thinking about the people that are driving on Clinton Keith every single day. And I want to tell you this. When I drive by a business, I look at their sign. And if their sign has broken lights on it, to me, just me, man looks at the outward appearance. I'm going to keep using that scripture. To me, that's a reflection of the business. 
When I walk in there and they have handwritten stuff put on the, on the thing, I'm like, this is, I don't know. I like quality and things done with excellence. What is excellence? Doing the best at what we have where we're at. Can I just pause real quick? Josh, Edgar came in yesterday on Saturday. How many of you like this new stage design? That's pretty cool, huh? All right. Well, I don't like that. You know, we don't need all that stuff at church. This ain't for you. This is for people who are coming back to church who want to walk. I had a man walk in here one time and he said, I can't believe what you guys do in this space. When you have your own building, you guys are going to do amazing. That's right. You know why? Because we're doing the best with what we have. Where we at? 150 bucks was the stage design. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I don't need it. Listen, I don't need it. I don't, I don't even need a microphone. But you know what? Other people need to see excellent and reflect, and reflect God. Can I hear a good amen on that? So our signage needs to be updated. We have people coming in at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, putting out signs. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to be putting out more signs because people are driving by. Last two things. We are planning a seven-year celebration. Our church coming up will be seven years old. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. And listen, I'm going to be straight with you today. I have two more minutes. I'm really excited about this. This last year, friends of mine that I know, three churches in our area closed down because of lack of finances. And some of them are here today and we embrace them. But my church family, it is no small feat that we are here every Sunday moving forward. And I don't, I don't take that for granted. Like we're moving forward and people are coming. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. And some of you that have come to other churches, hey, welcome home. And we're glad you're here. Let's go and give the gospel to people. But I have friends that invested their life and it didn't work. And so when I say we're here seven years, sometimes the win is just us being here going, we're here. Devil, you can't stop us. And so... Seven years, we're going to have a celebration. We're bringing a speaker in, and that's going to be incredible. And here's the last thing that we're going to do. I want you to pray about. We're, we're, we're going to continue to do our summer conference the best that we can. Last year, we had a Saturday night and two Sunday services with guest speakers, and I'm going to tell you why we're doing this. We have a commitment. I feel in my heart we've got to raise up leaders. One, two things at our church that happen that people join our church and come in is Easter and the summer conference. And we put money into it, we bring speakers, but you know what, people stay at our church because they feel compelled to grow. And so here's my commitment. We're trying to bring in some of the best speakers that we can, that we can afford. Come on somebody, right? And so we're making that commitment to you in the summer and we're gonna work hard to see people come to Jesus. I have a friend that says, we're gonna make it hard for people to go to hell in our city because we're gonna do everything we can to swim over to them and say, do you know Jesus? you know him. And when they walk in here, I want people to see love. I want them to see excellent. I want them to be moved by the music. Come on, be touched by the messages. And I believe that we can win people to Jesus. Let me end with this and we're going to pray. Right from where I stand in a 20 mile radius, my church family, there is 350,000 people. We don't see it because we like the small town feel. But when you start adding Wildemar, when you start adding Lake Elsinore and Menifee and all of these areas, there are people who need the gospel. There's great churches in this area. Some of them are my friends and I love it. But not all of the churches in this area could contain all of the people that need Jesus. And so here's what I'm asking you to do, to pray. Pray and see maybe what God will have you do. 
And we're believing that 2020 is going to be full of wonder. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.